Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, welcome everybody. We're glad you're here. This is the Man Up, Man Up podcast number 97. Hard to believe. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin that round thing around, put your finger down, bang. Hopefully you'll be in Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And that's where we're at. This is Man Up, spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys trying to deepen our faith. And that's what we do. We meet together, uh, the Man Up, uh, ABF, on Sunday. And some of the other guys are leaders in different departments uh, in our church. <clears throat> and go over a lesson, and then we meet here on Wednesday nights and do this podcast. And the thing about it is, it's no church answers. It's, uh, it's guys that are trying to deepen their faith. And what you're going to find out is we we each have different personalities and different takes on it, on the lesson, and we hope that you will pay attention, be enriched, engage, and it deepens your faith as well. And because we're men, we like to follow schedules and rules and stuff because, because hey, we're men. Except this time. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we're skipping over to lesson eight and not my decision, but it's our pastor's decision because we want to sync up with Holy Week. So that's what we're doing. We're in the uh, Connect 360, and this is by the Baptist Way Press. And it's the Grace and Truth. It's the study of the Gospel of John. And I just want to go ahead and I'm going to... Uh, our, our basic format is, is pretty much the same, even though we have our 100th podcast coming up. It's going to be... It's going to be exciting, it's going to be amazing, and it's going to absolutely blindside you because you're not going to know what's happened because you're probably going to be like me because I'm not really sure what's going to happen either. <laughs> so, and we do have one of our guys is out, um, Deacon Kyle is on a mission trip. He's, uh, they're building a, uh, what, what, a chapel or a... a a, a chapel or a, a clinic a and, and clinic in Mexico, and so we hope the fellows are safe and uh, they <clears throat> they do the missions trip and the ministry and they get back safe too. So, but we do have uh, a great panel here, and I'll go ahead and I'll introduce them, and then I'll go ahead and let them uh, talk about uh, give a ba- basic summary of lesson eight. <clears throat> Commitment to the task, and this is something I think that every man is going to be able to identify with. And so, the people that we have here today, he is a world-famous policy writer, but he's also a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. And we have one of Houston's top prosecutor. He's an attorney, so he can book you or he can get you off. That's Mr. Michael Cropper. We call him the judge. And we have a world-class trainer that is just over the moon because his team 
is in March Madness. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. I figured, I figured I'd get it out of the way right now so then we can just smack him around if he if he goes off on a tangent later on. But uh, but he is he's kind of our uh, class intellectual professional trainer awesome guy, Mr. Robert Koshu. We call him the professor. Going to go ahead and we'll start out uh, and get summaries from the fellows because because hey, we're men. And a lot of times, that's kind of what we want. And we're going we're gonna to start out with the judge, Mr. Michael Cropper. And I just want to let you know that we have an open door policy here. And come through the open door is Mr. Earl Lloyd. Earl is awesome. And we call him the evangelist. And I want to welcome him here as well. So what we're going around the room... And we are going to let each of the fellas talk about the, give a basic summary of the lesson. Going to start out with uh, the judge, Michael Cropper. I am so grateful to be here, folks. And I'm so grateful to know that uh, Bill has us doing lesson eight instead of lesson six, which we did Sunday. So I wasn't ready. I didn't read it. I knew he said, I thought he said next Sunday we would do lesson eight. And so I was you playing the lesson. You are Awesome. So I thought you said next Sunday we'd start lesson eight <laughs> instead of tonight. So, folks, that's my summary. There you go. There you go. Mr. Steve hey, Tim. Sometimes in life men go and go with it unprepared, so it makes it more fun. Oh, we are. Well, and you'll be able to, there will be guys out We're there listening it. that will understand that, too. So, Mr. Uh, Steve I'll, I'll, here. It's, I'll, I'll open quickly. It's um, as we're finding everything with, with John. It's a little different spin on each story. And here we have really the beginning of the road to Calvary. Uh, we uh, again see that the gospel is really built around the idea that Jesus came in to bring light to the world, to bring salvation, and that his mission was his death and the forgiveness of the world. Uh, and um, well, that's what we'll see as we go through this, because there's, I think we are up to about Palm Sunday in the story. We're skipping a few things. We'll come back to them in the, in, in the weeks after Easter, so, so, so we haven't forgotten those sections. But uh, there we are. We're, we're going to begin this road to Calvary, and we're going to see it a, a little differently uh, than we do in the synoptics. Excellent. Mr. Earl, want to go ahead and uh, just... Say hi to the folks out there. Hi, folks. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, this, this story has so many nutrients and uh, so many nuggets in it. And, um, you know, reading the story, you have to look back and um, sometimes wonder or even wonder because Jesus wrote his own story in 24, I believe, 24 through 28, where he talks about He's troubled, and this is where he becomes humanistic. I will hit on this later, but he's, he's troubled. He's troubled, and this, this is something he wrote. And when he talks about him being troubled, him talking about him coming to the, to, to the end of life. But this reminds us that we are not here for ourselves. We're here to do God's work. And in between 24 and 28, Jesus becomes troubled because he's here He's here to do God's will, and um, this is this is going to be very very interesting to talk about uh, over the next hour. And uh, professor, so I've been taking each during my summary time and kind of catching us up where we are. 
I can't catch up as much as we just skipped. Right. So we ended, just to kind of remind everybody, we ended last week where Jesus healed the blind man on the Sabbath, right. which happened right at the beginning of his third year of ministry. So we basically skipped over two years because John felt it was really covered in the synoptics enough, and he jumped to the third year of his ministry. So now we skipped everything else that happened in the third year of his ministry, and we have gone past Lazarus being raised. Mm-hmm. So he has raised Lazarus from the dead. Mm-hmm. We have He has been anointed at Bethany by Mary, Lazarus' sister, and now he has gone into Jerusalem in the triumphal entry, which was either his third or fourth Passover, most people think the third Passover of his life, setting up the, the, res, the crucifixion and the resurrection and the Last Supper. So just to kind of catch everybody up where we are in the story as we move forward. So we are there. And so like, like Earl said, this is, and Steve, this is setting the road to Calvary. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. And this is uh, John 12, 20 through 37, and then again, 42 through 50. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it from eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him, but because the Pharisees They would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than praise from God. When Jesus cried out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. 
If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his commands lead to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. As far as the man application for this and for our own life, I'd just like to kick that off a little bit. We don't know where we are in the story. We're a spoke. We're a spoke in the wheel. But we don't know exactly where. And I think Jesus, he knew where he was, but he couldn't express it fully to these disciples because they didn't have the long view. Well, they had the short view, but they also couldn't really comprehend where where he was and what was going on at this moment. They're, they're still thinking earthly kingdom, David the conqueror coming to set back up the world. And so they, they, they're thinking they're putting God in the box, which is something mm-hmm. we do mm-hmm. ourselves a lot. Is mm-hmm. they, they were putting God in the box. They were putting God in the box they saw him in versus, like you said, the long view or the eternal view, which was something that Jesus and that God had in store that was totally different (laughs) than what they were seeing as they looked at it. Robert Robert made mention that they put God in a box. And my, my argument to this day is the fact that we we have a cheat sheet. We have a cheat sheet, and we, and we do the same thing that they do. Here it is. They didn't have what we have. We got literature and we got resources, and here it is. We do, we do the same thing as the Israelites and the Gentiles back then, and they didn't have as much. Look, look how much we got, and we still do what they did. Does that does that make sense? No, it does. Well, because all they had all they had was the Old Testament scriptures. So they were trying to interpret Isaiah and they really didn't understand by his stripes we are healed in the same way we understand it because they have they didn't have that interpretation that we have of the New Testament mm-hmm. as you look at it. And I, I just want to call back because I thought this was really funny. So we talked when we started John about John being um, the gospel of Jesus, truth and life and acceptance and new creation in him. And so verse 35, as you read, Bill, then Jesus told them, you're going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. And when you go back, John 1, when we first started this, verse 7 This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Talk about serendipity, because it's really, there's a better better literary term, I'm going to let Steve tell me what it is here, but talk about tying it together. 
Well, it's 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 you know following the theme, just like yeah. we have here. Uh, he brings up again. He uses the term, uh, "I will I will be lifted up." The son the son of man will be lifted up, which goes back to the conversation with Nicodemus, who we can speculate was in the audience or was hanging around about this time as well. So uh, we have we have once again all well, I mean the the, the unity of the gospel itself, the unity mm-hmm. of, of of John, all about light and darkness and uh, the light walking. You know the the. The, the word became flesh and walked among us. The light walked among you. Uh, you'll have, uh, you know, walk with it. Um, all that language keeps coming back, and it's delivered. It's not, it's... Oh, yeah, most, most definitely. But it's just, I, I just read it, and I was just, as, as Bill was reading it, that verse one came back to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, wow. Well, when, you, it, when you think about it, though, he has already attained this rock star status. Oh, this is right. Okay. This is either Palm Sunday itself, after the triumphal entry, maybe Monday. But most people place this discussion on Sunday, later in the day on Sunday. So, oh yeah, the the rock star because because Palm Sunday. If you've ever seen a movie depiction of it, or it, I don't think it does it justice because you have these thousands of pilgrims coming mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And, and some of it, people had heard of Jesus. After all, he fed 5,000 a couple of times. And there had to be a bunch of people that came precisely for that reason mm-hmm. because this, they knew so he, would, he was, was going to be there. A, we don't, we a don't, spectacle <laughs> yeah. part of it. It was a bonus. <laughs> going back to what I said earlier, we don't, we don't, act, we don't act like the Palm Sunday. You, when mm-hmm. Going down, Hosanna, Hosanna, when he was coming through that town mm-hmm. and all them people come from everywhere just to see him. And like you said, rock star, they, they, they were going crazy. And here it is, you got the Pharisees back here. This is going too far while they in the background plotting. And these people was going nuts because they wanted to see King Jesus. That's right. They wanted mm-hmm. to see the king. The healer. The healer. The and miracle all, worker. And, and all yeah. of what he had done, all of what he had done. Absolutely. Well, and not only that, but in verses we didn't read right before these, there was actually a plot among the Pharisees to try to kill Lazarus because he had raised Lazarus from the dead. And it's hard to refute Jesus. And, I mean, Mike, this would be preferential proof, right? The guy he raised from the dead is sitting among us (laughs) talking and having discussions and stuff. And, you know, and the Pharisees, to you want me. to get rid of the evidence, you know? Yeah. Yes. Ah, that's right. That's the there you go. That was said well. You know, but yeah. but it's it's the rock star status, but it's also, and and a lot of people dog on the Pharisees a lot. I think some of them were corrupt and evil. There was definitely corruption within them, but I'm going to give them somewhat of a benefit of the doubt because I'm going to be a guy, and I'm going to give them the practical benefit of the doubt here because. As we get further into it, we'll discuss it, but just kind of, I'm going to throw this little tease out for the next several weeks. But the Pharisees were trying to save everything because Rome, if you rebelled against Rome, Rome was unforgiving. At one point during uh, Jesus' lifetime, there was a small revolutionary group. Uh, the Romans solved it. They just crucified about a thousand people and pushed them on the road coming into Jerusalem as a warning. And, and the Roman soldiers <laughs> are the ones that cut John the Baptist's head, head off. Yeah, you know? right. And, yeah. and now, now the John who wrote this, John was a follower of John the Baptist. Did mm-hmm. you know that? Right. And John was the last. He was the last one. He was the last apostle. 
and he recorded and the words and the works of of all of this. So he he he's seen it. He's, he's seen it. And he this this could have been another cousin of Jesus. You know, your, your regular cousins, mm -hmm. cousins yeah. that you hang around with growing up. Just like James, they knew that he was he was perfect. He he, he had done nothing. He had done nothing wrong. So he had inside information. This this not not only James had inside information, but John who wrote this, he had inside information on Jesus. And I want to go back to the Pharisees a little bit. The Pharisees were instrumental in holding the Jewish community together because understand this. They'd been in slavery, okay? And they then they had to become warriors to take over the promised land. I mean, and they, yep. they go from go from slaves to being warriors to take over this land. And then they're expected to be farmers and stuff. But then it gets goes from being an agrarian society to being and and somewhat nomadic to being uh, civilized in 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 cities. Yeah, and, and, stuff and, and, small and they get hauled off to Babylon. The ruling class gets hauled off to Babylon, and then brought. And by the way, when that happens, they kind of raise the the cities and stuff, and then come back. And so you're talking about a. But th this yeah. is actually this is where you're coming from, and and. The, the idea that the Pharisees were at heart afraid and insecure. Absolutely. And oh, let's talk they about were, that. They were, and, I, and, 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 I, and, I'm, and I see them in your sympathetic light. Because you can argue they were right. Because there is a rebellion in AD 70 and the Romans destroy everything. Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> right. we can look in history and say, well, yeah, they had a point. But... Uh, this is this is sometimes what happens when you get too accustomed to the things that, the way they are and miss miss the real transition, miss the real thing when it comes along, and uh, to to go to go wildly astray. But I think it's one of the most interesting well, I, quotes oh, quotes this, of our time. Those, of our quotes I'm of our time. Going astray here, here, I'll go. But but I, I, it applies. It applies. Yeah. When when the Berlin Wall was was coming down when when it was act the the East Germans were out East Berliners were out there tearing down the wall. Eric Heinecker, the president of East Germany and basically the puppet regime of, went to Gorbachev and said, "Send me the tanks. We got to stop this. We got to put it down now." And apparently Gorbachev turned to him and said, "Those who don't understand the future will be washed away by it." <laughs> Or worse to that effect, and, yeah. and, and he yeah. didn't send the tape. Well, and that's where these guys were. They they did not really see what was was coming, and they were washed away. Well, let, let's let's go to the Greeks a little bit here. The two let's Greeks talk about the story. Greeks I, I, because mm -hmm. I'm I'm still being educated. I'm still learning. I'm still the and the I'm 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 still want to obtain. Information about the Greeks. So please talk about the Greeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, so, so because but not, I, this I do know of them. They they thought of themselves as one of the smartest groups of individuals. Oh yeah, at that time, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then they worshipped everything. Yes, and and no, yeah. they did. That, that's very true. Of them. And yeah. these these Greeks, there are several. There were several discussions about whether they were seekers, like hey, they'd heard about Jesus, and like you said, Mike. They've come just to worship, mm -hmm. or are they proselytes who had converted basically to Judaism? Who Jesus would have had a big following among that group because what did he do? 
twice. He cleared out the place they could worship. <laughs> right. okay. So he would have a big following with that group. And what I find interesting is it was a two-step process because they came to Philip first, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, and they said, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Okay, Philip doesn't take them to Jesus. He goes to so Andrew brother, so his brother, correct. and asks him, what do these Greeks that want to see Jesus? What the heck do we do? And then what I found interesting is Andrew and Philip both bring the Greeks to Jesus. Where the questions start. Why, 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 we why, left why, out why what were, happened there. Why were, why were they... Why were they um, what, 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 what was they fall out from, from Jesus? We, we, well, they were minimum curious. Oh, yeah. And and minimum, curious. Absolutely minimum curious to and see he, this. And we don't get their question. All we get from Jesus is the hours come from the Son of Man to be glorified, and then we go through the whole kernel of wheat store parable here. Right. And so we don't hear their question. And it, 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 it really almost kind of, I'm curious as to what their question was at this point. See, see, when Paul, when, remember when Paul went to Greece, when he went to Athens, mm-hmm. Greece, and they had, and they, I, I'm assuming that they didn't make the connection, Jesus and God, because they, remember the inscription? To the um, unknown God. The, the unknown God. <laughs> so when Paul started talking about Jesus, this this had to be like the, what, second time that they had heard Jesus. Yeah. And most of them in the crowd, still at that time, they had turned um you know, they, 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 they wasn't buying it. Now, some of the crowd did, you know, buy the message from Paul. But uh, I, was was they similar to the Jews in reference to just, just because I, I what, what, what I, ticked off the Jews is I, because Jesus called, Jesus compared mm-hmm. himself to God, and then he, of course, said mm-hmm. that he, he's the great I am. What my, my question is, what is it with the Greeks that, that, that ticked them off, like what ticked the Jews off? Oh, I don't know if they were actually ticked off here. I, what I, to, well, to get, I, think, I don't think these were Jews from Greece. I think the, 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 the giveaway, the clue, is that they go to Philip. And Philip is the one apostle with the Greek name. Mm-hmm. Which might imply that he knew a little Greek. That they, they, or they, they, maybe they overheard him talking, but we don't know. But apparently that they, saw, they saw Philip as maybe uh, a go-between to this, this whole um, yeah, you know, Jewish thing going on in there, in there you know, where they are. They're, they're the strangers in the strange land, so to speak. But I don't know if they were irritated. I think they were, they were curious, and they were probably cosmopolitan, being Greek, and certainly well-traveled, given where they yeah, were. I, and thinking, they're saying, yeah. what the heck is... Boy, boy, this is... You know, we go back to what you were saying at the start of the podcast. This was, this was one heck of a pageant happening. Right, the biggest <laughs> Palm Sunday in years. And they probably wanted to know. And they didn't know. even have... It was the first one. They didn't have this. They invented yeah. a Palm Sunday. And, and they wanted to know why. And, um, yeah, that's a... That's a because, because okay. based sense. on his answer, mm-hmm. you know, his answer, is, you know, because they're like, hey, what's the deal? Why'd they all celebrate you? What's going on? And notice his response is, you know, the, the, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. You know, that, mm-hmm. hey, what's going on? Well, the hour's here, so... The, the, well, and the, the immediate takeaway for some was, oh, well, that was it. That big, that yeah. big celebration... But then he goes on to the what what might sound pretty cryptic. Oh yes, the seed has to die, so the so the plant can grow. So so uh, 
so the, many other seeds can be produced here. That's what we're, we're looking at. Right. Um, and so, so suddenly this idea of, you know, that wasn't the glorified moment right there where people are, people are lifting. You, know, you are, you have, uh, he, Jesus is saying, I have not been lifted up yet. To, to, to everybody there, boy, he's at least, you know, as a matter of speaking, mm-hmm. he was lifted up by the crowd. And we're going to get back to find out who is getting lifted up uh, on this podcast, podcast number 97. And we will be right back after this break. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMACox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome, welcome back. This is podcast number 97. This is Man Up. Spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys trying to deepen our faith. And uh, we're here at uh, Sugarland Baptist Church, committed to the task. This is we're in the book Grace and Truth. Um, this is lesson number eight. Jesus's declaration of his uh, impending death that led both to acceptance and rejection. I like. I, I'm not sure who said this. Uh, uh, earlier, but it just showed the human side. Was that was, that was you, Earl? Mm-hmm. The human side of Jesus. Twenty fourth, what talks about? Uh, I believe it's twenty five or twenty six. Verse twenty six. He said, "His soul's trouble. He's, he's trouble." And I always, I always try to find myself in every story. And how many times have you been troubled? You know, how many times I've been in trouble? And most time we get trouble is because it's something, most time it's something that we don't want to do. Now, and, and I, I related this to, when, when I came across this passage, I related this uh, to, uh, to Man Up. When I was in Man Up and I came to build class, I told the story a million times. I came to build class uh, some years ago, and when I got there, all the guys were older than I was. And Bill came up to me after class and said, you teaching next Sunday? And I laughed. I said, I'm not teaching next Sunday. I just came here to hang out with the fellas. But... Again, Jesus was not here to think about himself or to do his will. It was the will of who? It was the will of his Father, which is God. And um, same way with us. We're not here to think about ourselves. There's work to be done. And I always say this. If you're not doing something that attracts people to Christ, then you might want to think twice in reference to, in reference to doing it. This is, this is all a crowd to get our souls saved. And in order to do that, it's, it's, it's a call out to God. It's a belief, a, a belief in our hearts. But my soul is troubled. That's, that's that 25, 26 when he said he's troubled because this was this was the time. This I, was the time. I want to throw something out here, an interesting on this verse because he he, he says my soul is troubled, but he's not. Although he, later he will pray at Gethsemane, he's he's not asking to be saved from this hour. 
so my question is he is he troubled because he wonders if indeed there'll be if 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 this work of salvation will pay off will will he will he will go to the cross but is he troubled because is he wondering whether the world will come to him then will will this will this act will this will this ransom will will this gift be accepted so there's three times in in scripture where jesus says he's troubled the first time was when he encountered mary and martha right before lazarus died or right after lazarus died rather this is time number 2 and the third time is when he's talking about Judas betraying him. So all three times happen within a week. And like you said, it, it, it's also, it's shown his humanity. I, I, think, I think he knew the work would work mm-hmm. or what mm-hmm. he was going to do would work. And, but, and let's mm-hmm. go back. He, he wrote the story. He's the author of life. He's the author of life. He wrote, he if, wrote. If he, I mean, it's not so much as a question of whether yeah. it would work, but would would um, would people we, in our let's say in our in our segment of Christianity, the Baptists, you have to make your your affirmation. You're not you're not necessarily predestined. Right? Um, is I mean, his mission is to save the world. Um, is is he troubled by worry that he will some will be saved and some won't? I think that's some of it. I think, I think it's also just trying to reconcile everything that's fixing to happen. Because I talked about this. I teach up in the youth department, not in our adult Bible fellowship. And so we had a talk because we did the passage in the Garden of Gethsemane this past week up in the youth area. And we had to talk about this. It was during Jesus' prayer. And I think we cover it either next week or the week after next. But in here... But one thing that everybody has to realize, so the arrest, the beating, the flogging, I just can't imagine, Mm -hmm. and then the crucifixion Mm -hmm. were not the worst thing that happened to Jesus. There is a moment in time where all of creation teeters on the balance, I think. Because what happens is Jesus becomes sin. And, and God severs the connection with Jesus. And, and we see it because in the Latin he cries out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthan, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is that when he becomes sin? Yes. Okay. And God had to turn his face because God can't associate with sin because he's so holy. Mm-hmm. And so I think trouble doesn't even, in, in my mind, I, I, I meant to go look and try to figure out what the Greek word there meant. Because I don't think mm-hmm. troubled conveys enough of it. Think, think to one of the most high-pressure, worrisome moments of your life, and then take that times a thousand. He well, says a couple times, he, um, he alludes that he doesn't really want to die. Oh, yeah. He would like to stay longer. He, he alludes that he loves his disciples and he would like to stay with them, but he, he makes a comment, unless a, a kernel of seed falls to the ground and dies, and it makes it real clear, it dies, it remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. 
And then he says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Uh, I think part of it in me says that he, he really didn't want to leave, but he knew he had to in order for his seed to expand and grow into well, the thousands and millions and billions of people that have accepted him. And, and the pain, he said he loved his disciples so many times. And he did, a, I think he did fall on the ground once, remember, and sweated great blops, drops of blood with mm -hmm. James, John, and uh, Simon Peter there. And he didn't, that to me indicated to me that he really did not want to die, but he was going to do his father's will no matter mm -hmm. what, right? And, and so I, I, I think it's a whole bunch of things that you said and, and the fact that he really did love living here because he loved the people he loved all his disciples. Well, we, we see that paradox play out. Of it. You know, he says this right here. He might be, again, saying it as much to himself as everyone else. He's going to lose his life. He's going to sacrifice his life. He right. is going to give up his life, but he is also going... He's, He's also going to attain eternal life, not only for himself, but for, for everyone else as a result of this. This is, this is the plan right here. And, he's, and, and in a way, he's, he's creating this dichotomy of love and hate. Um, but essentially, what he's, what he's saying is exactly what you're saying. I've got to put this aside. I've got to put life aside. And, and in, in this case, go, go the ultimate way of basically sever my relationship with God, who is the source of all life. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 it gets, it's pretty deep. But here's, here it is. Again, here it is all. Everything he's going to do is laid out in a few sentences here. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's, I, I, it's total commitment. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's kind of a man yes. lesson here. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel, that, I feel the man lesson is, there's, is twofold here. Uh, the human side is Jesus had his disciples. And anytime that you're expecting, and, and the the man like Mike, you're a, you're a manager, and you have people underneath you, you have to be paranoid about making sure people get the right message and are going to do what you want them to do. If you're having other people do something for you, you have to be paranoid about that. But then I also think about the military, like uh, when I was in the Navy. And if we would have, not that I was ever in wartime, but I, I think it was Marcos that said uh, in our class, uh, who, was a, who was a Marine in Vietnam, he said, you are dead. You just assume you're dead. If you get out alive, that's a bonus. But you go in, you go into it assuming that it's over for you and then you fight your way to the light. And I think those two things were weighing on Jesus. He knew he was committed, and he knew what he was going to do, but I don't think he was fully convinced that the disciples would buck up and, and do what they had been taught to do. Well, he, didn't, he didn't know the personal experience with the disciples when he came from heaven, right? Right. He had no experience and no... <coughs> Uh, how close he would get to them and the very mission he was committing for his father. And I think he got, uh, he let them get close to him like they were supposed to. And I don't think he realized how, how, how intimate a relationship he would have with them and everybody on the earth that they're actually, uh, because you, if you're God, there's a certain distance between you and the people and you love them very much. Like you love your sheep, or you love your pigs, <laughs> farm. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, but you don't know until you live with them 
and become part of it. And, and, and Jesus came down and did that. He gave his whole life to become a part of the people. I hope you've really enjoyed this. And we're going to go around the room. Eddie. Yes. Welcome. Yeah, we, we have an open door policy here. And so we want to just go ahead and welcome you. This is podcast number 97. And uh, going to go around the room uh, one more time and get the fellow's summaries and, and maybe a, a, a little takeaway uh, from the lesson. And uh, let me go ahead and I'll start with the professor here. Yeah, I, I think there's two good ones here. Um, and Steve brought it out, and, and man, there's a whole thing we could talk about with this at some point. <laughs> the uh, Pharisees missing the future and not understanding, while very well-intentioned, I think there's a huge lesson there for men. And in corporate America, you know, there's a Sears, I'm just going to say it, uh. <laughs> you know, totally missed who should have won all out because they had the infrastructure ready to go. They had it Totally in. missed the boat. And I'm thinking in five years they're not going to exist, if that long. Um, and then number two, total commitment. Jesus exemplifies total commitment in light of great, great stress, suffering, we can't even imagine what he's going through and thinking about as he's prepping for this. And and no matter what the cost, he's committed to doing the right thing and the thing that's supposed to do. And I think that's two massive man lessons. N- another trivia, um, in here we talked about the voice of God speaking. Voice of God only spoke three times in Scripture too to Jesus. Baptism, here, and at the Transfiguration. <laughs> so yeah, a little, awesome. little, little small. I was going to make the trivia question. There. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember the yeah. two. I, I knew that the, the third right. was right. transfiguration. Earl, your takeaway. Three, three quick things. Um, Mike stole a bit of what I'm, I'm about to tap into. But first of all, thunder. Whenever you hear thunder, think about this lesson. What is God trying to? What is God saying? Whenever you hear the big roar. Number two, trouble. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. And then number three, Robert said it, commitment. What you believe in, it's all about commitments. It's more than a commitment to a marriage. This is, this is, um, this is a commitment to our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, if you got the call, there's work to be done so we can stay committed to the work. Eddie, we want to go ahead and include you in the podcast. If you'll move here, if you have a couple of takeaways that you'd like to say are... Our, our microphone is right over here on the table. Uh, you'd like to just give a quick shout out and uh, a, a takeaway from the lesson. Well, I think, uh, you know, as Bob, or Robert, Robert. Has, right. has, has said, you know, the, the part about Jesus knowing his destiny, that it will have to happen and he's going to die. And I don't know how many times he has rehearsed in his head the crucifixion. That he's going to suffer. Oh, I didn't even think a, about that. You know, and and having being trouble, he's so being troubled by that. You know, and and at the same time, he's still willing to do the will of God. That is a a huge lesson for me. When we each of us face certain crisis, whether it's a spiritual crisis or whatever moral crisis. How do we have the strength to act like Jesus 
to do the right thing. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, man, answers like that, we're going to invite you back, huh? <laughs> Michael Cropper. Oh, yes, and the, the lesson is great. It's, um, as Robert has pointed out, so much of this is so, uh, that's written in John is repetitious because John wants you to know he is the Son of God and he's a Messiah. And uh, I read here in verse number 37 from the scriptures you read, Bill, that he said, even after Jesus had per performed so many signs in their presence, they still did not believe in him. And that's the Jews, the Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin, everyone like that. And yet, and in verse 42, we go on, jump to there, it says, yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in Jesus, but because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. And how many of us let fear affect our relationship Peer with Peer pressure. Right. How many of us let the fear factor determine how we're going to act in public and around the people we work with and live with? And uh, folks, I just encourage you... Um, and, and one more thing, Jesus said clearly in the last few lessons, he says, you cannot know what I'm telling you from the Heavenly Father unless the Heavenly Father draws you to me, enables you to understand what I'm telling you. So if folks, if you're listening tonight and you feel a draw in the Holy Spirit and you have not accepted Christ, then we believe it's an opportunity for you to accept Christ as your Savior. And Bill will tell you a little bit more about where to find a church. Uh, we'll pass it to you. Excellent. Mr. Steve well, well, following up on both Eddie and, and Mike, um, there's the contrast, the, 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 the fearfulness of some of the Pharisees who may even believe them, but there's also a fearlessness about Jesus here. Um, there's the troubled aspect, but he's not afraid of anything. He's troubled, obviously, because he's contemplating this, but it's followed by direct statements of what this is going to happen. I'm, you know, you have the light here, take advantage of it while it's here. There's a fearlessness in this commitment, which I think is part of part of what we as men have got to remember. Um, when you make a commitment, go for it. Uh, it's and 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 put yourself behind it and believe in it and believe in it fearless fearlessly. And that's, you know, that's strength. And that's part of being a leader. And, uh, you know, I, I look at this lesson and, uh, and I always think about putting myself in, in, in these, in these uh, scriptures and stuff. And I'm always just a guy. I'm never, I'm never the lead character or anything. I'm just an extra, you know. But the thing about it is, I, I can see where those people were confused. They, I mean, they'd been, it'd been so literal up until this point, whereas Jesus was speaking in a language that it was something that had to be observed in hindsight. And then, then you could say, okay, I get it now. I understand it. And so many people, I think, were jumping to conclusions. They were they were eating the bread before it was baked, <laughs> and that and I think that is part of us being men. The thing that we can take away from this: man up. We're leaders. 
just like Steve said, we need to be committed. But also, don't be hasty. Make that responsible decision of obedience. This is Man Up. Man Up podcast number 97. You can find us on iTunes. We have all of our podcasts on SoundCloud. We're on Facebook, Man-Up. You can post a question and we'll go ahead and we'll try and answer it here at uh, the podcast. <clears throat> and also, we're in the Twitterverse, right? Yeah. On the Twitterverse. <laughs> in the Twitterverse. Yeah, yeah. And we got podcast number 100 coming up in just a couple of weeks. So want to encourage each and every one of you out there to find a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. And we want to encourage you also to find an adult Bible fellowship, uh, commonly known as a Sunday school class, and find one for men only. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.